Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. Welcome to the latest edition of March Madness 365. A happy new year to everyone. I'm Andy Katz. On this edition of our podcast, I'll be joined by Tennessee head coach Rick Barnes and NC State head coach Kevin Keats. Tennessee, one of the best teams in the country. If you're not paying attention, make sure you check out the Vols. They have a legitimate shot to win the national championship. Yes, a legitimate shot to win the national championship. So great conversation with Rick Barnes. And Kevin Keats, second season in a row, NC State is one of the surprise teams in the country. Shocking? No. Okay? Listen to my conversation with Kevin Keats. All right. Big news in college basketball on this New Year's Eve day. Steve Alford out as the head coach at UCLA. They lost four in a row. The latest one to Liberty. Already lost to Belmont at home. They got drilled by Ohio State uh, in Chicago. It has been a rough go of late for the Bruins. Uh, There's no way to describe it. Um, Little surprised, though, that they ended up switching coaches, you know, making a change at this point, only because Dan Guerrero, and he said this in his statement, it's not something he likes to do. Dan has uh, been a major figure in the Basketball Oversight Committee with the NCAA So, you know, he's a former student athlete, former baseball player, and, you know, it's just been a very hard time for UCLA. I just was a little surprised. Uh, The other loss, by the way, was at Cincinnati where they got drilled too. So losing to Belmont, at Cincinnati, Ohio State, Chicago, and Liberty all in a row. And that was after a buzzer beater to beat an average Notre Dame team that by Chris Wilkes. They're struggling. There's no question about it. I saw this team in Las Vegas. It does surprise me a little bit. Because there were moments in that game, certainly against North Carolina in Las Vegas, they had a halftime lead, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Things were going well. Uh, Yep, they were up 46-41 and then outscored 53-32 in the second half. So defense, a major problem. It's a young team, and they just couldn't get it going. Uh, So a little surprise that Guerrero ended up doing that only because, you know, people that are very involved at the highest level in the NCAA aren't thrilled with doing something like this, but I think he had no choice based on the fact that there was a lot of apathy, and apathy is a coach killer. There's no question. Apathy is a coach killer. So what happens next at UCLA? Well, it still is one of the most coveted jobs in the country, even though it's been incredibly difficult to have sustained elite success there. Ben Howland went to three straight Final Fours, and that still wasn't satisfying for everyone. Um, they haven't won a national championship since 95, but a lot of schools haven't. 
and that one was won by Jim Herrick. He was subsequently fired the year after for rules violations. Um, so, look, it's a almost impossible job at times. There's a whole pro interest and influence. Um, there's just a lot of outside things you have to deal with when you're the head coach at UCLA. So who do you think fits there? And by the way, by the way, you know, they've got the new practice facility. They still don't charter as much as they should because they're in a major media market, great airport in LAX. A lot of the Pac-12 cities obviously are in good airports. Pac-12 schools traditionally haven't chartered. So it's something that you would hope would change, but it's not the major difference for UCLA because you're still UCLA. Um, I know people would maybe disagree with me on that, maybe use it for recruiting, but I don't think it's as much of a big deal at UCLA as it is obviously at other schools. The facility upgrades are great, and that's what they needed. I was there uh, in September and saw it firsthand, so I know that it's a huge plus there to have their own practice facility now. Murray Bartos, the interim coach, obviously experienced coach, and someone that I know uh, will will do a good job with the rest of the season as they start the Pac-12 Thursday against Stanford and then Cal on Saturday. You know, could it be Eric Musselman, the head coach of Nevada? Could it be Fred Hoiberg, who led Iowa State, um, you know, to great success before going to the Bulls and getting fired there? Um, You know, the dark horse name I will just throw out there, and I know he's in a good situation, um, but one, I wouldn't say dark horse, but a name that I think will be interesting to just track is Billy Donovan. You know, does Billy Donovan leave the NBA, okay, and go back to college basketball? I think Billy would be a great, great fit at UCLA. Huge. I mean, just would be a home, home run higher if he were to go there. There's going to be a lot of names that are going to circle around. You know, people like to throw around Rick Patino. I don't see it, not with what's going on with, you know, what happened at Louisville and all that. I, I just don't see Dan Guerrero doing that. Patino's now overseas coaching in Greece. Um, there's going to be names, guys that are in college, I mean, that are coaching right now, coaching good teams that aren't as, uh, off the tip of your tongue. We'll see how they do. I don't think they're going to make a hire in the middle of the season um, because they may be looking at other coaches, whether they're in the NBA or – uh, coaching college basketball. Bob Myers, one of the three people that will be involved in the coaching search, former Bruin, current Warriors GM. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's an NBA person because Bob straddles that world or has, former agent as well, uh, and has great success certainly with the Warriors. Um, and, you know, UCLA can be run kind of like a pro job in a way because you're in such a pro city. So definitely one of the most interesting coaching uh, circles to watch, coaching um, carousels to watch will be this one with UCLA. All right, Power 36 in the AP poll. Didn't make any really much changes because there weren't many games last week, except for, yes, Nebraska fans, I made a mistake. I'm eating the crow here. I moved you out of the Power 36. I've got you back in the top 25 at number 25. I had other teams moving up. I shouldn't have bounced you out. I reassess. I'm taking it. Okay, you guys are all right. You're back in. Back into the poll, just we'll uh, point out Florida at 36 after they absolutely crushed Butler. They are back in the poll, and uh, well, they're in the poll now. So we got three SEC teams at the back end, Missouri, LSU, Florida. I did drop Arizona State a lot at 33 after that home loss to Princeton. All right, so I want to get to my guests, Rick Barnes of Tennessee and Kevin Keats of NC State. 
Now joining me here on March Madness 365, Tennessee head coach Rick Barnes. The Volunteers are clearly one of the best teams in the country. Uh, they are now, I think you could arguably say, a consistent top five team. Uh, I have had them uh, number two in my Power 36. You could make it a case for them to be number one, number two, number three. Uh, off to a tremendous start as we get ready for the SEC play. They're 11-1 in their non-conference. They open with Georgia later this week. Uh, Rick, let's first assess the non-conference portion of your schedule. I know you have one more uh, challenge game coming up in that SEC Big 12 challenge against West Virginia. But overall, the majority of the non-conference is done at 11-1. and What are your thoughts on that, on those 12 games? You know, Andy, after we played uh, yesterday against Tennessee Tech and after the game, I talked to our team about it. And, and, uh, and you know, when we started, I don't know if you can – if you sit there or – I certainly don't sit there and say, okay, we're going to win this amount of games. You hope – the one thing I do know that I felt like if we played to our ability, we'd have a chance to win every game that we played. And we obviously got beat by Kansas. But, you know, we've had to overcome some injuries, little nagging things. You know, we haven't had Lamonte Turner, who was the sixth man of the year. And arguably, you know, we looked at him as being an equal starter as, as anyone on our team. And we, we had to play through that. He played – his last game was against Kansas, and he hasn't played since. So what it has done, it really has allowed us to – do some different things, you know, give Eve Ponds more minutes, to give Jalen Johnson more minutes. Uh, Jordan Bowden's had to play more at the point. And uh, so we've really had to do some of the shuffling around on the perimeter. Our inside post rotation has pretty much stayed like we would like it to be. But, uh, yeah, we still would like to get Lamonte back into the rotation. And But when you look at our overall non-league schedule, I think that we benefited from the different styles of basketball we've had to play, from the way people will attack us or would attack us, and also the way uh, we had to play against a lot of different offenses and defenses, which I think will help us. You know, when, when you knew that this group was coming back, the core group, especially, especially Williams and Schofield, when you're setting up this schedule, I know some of it was done way in advance, but how optimistic were you that you had a team that not only could repeat as SEC champs, but really compete for a Final Four? Because you've been there before. You've been to a Final Four. Well, I think, Andy, you know, we, you go back and look. Uh, we've always tried to play a very difficult non-conference schedule because we won. You know, we go into every year thinking that our – or not thinking, but knowing that our goal is to get to the NCAA tournament. And you don't want to be sitting there on – selection Sunday with uh, the fact that, you know, the one thing you can't control is your non-league schedule and you don't play a tough enough schedule. You know, we can't control where we are with our conference schedule that it is what it is. And so we've always tried to do that. And, and we knew a year ago, if you go back, that we felt with this group of guys going to Atlant- Atlantis was a really important time because we were going to open up with Purdue and we were there with Villanova and and some other teams down there, and, and we we knew that the Purdue game was a really big game for us, and we were able to win that game in overtime and learn, I think, that day that we're that this group is capable themselves that they could play with anybody. And uh, then, obviously, uh, we came out had the lead at, against Villanova, and they came out and taught us a lesson that you, you're going to have to learn to play more than – than 20 minutes if you think you're going to play with, with the top teams in the country. And so we were able to learn really going back a year ago. And so I felt going into this year, it was really important. And I think our guys knew that, you know, that we learned a lot a year ago as a team. And then this year uh, we go in and the first real big game we played was obviously the uh, Kansas game. And 
way too emotional for a group of guys that had played in some big games. And I think they learned that uh, this year. And since then, we settled down. I thought that Kansas game helped us with uh, Gonzaga, obviously. And But we still have to get better. There's no question. Our guys know that there's a lot of room for improvement for us, and we're going to have to get it there. All right, so in what ways do you need to get better? You know what, Andy? We haven't been the same uh, defensive team that we were a year ago, and some of that has to do with we don't have the depth at the point guard position that we had a year ago in the backcourt. With Lamonte being gone, we graduated James Daniel and didn't uh, really, you know, we didn't feel that scholarship. And then we also lost Chris Darrington and, and so that's uh, really you're down three guards, and but it has allowed eight pawns to go over there and actually guard point guards for us, which I think has helped us some. But uh, we know we got to get back to being more consistent uh, there so we can get back to being the team we wanted to be defensively. I do think we're a better offensive team, and it'll show up now as we get into conference play. But uh, I would say the biggest improvement's got to be our defensive where we're going to be more consistent. And then I think the discipline on the offensive side that we execute. You know, I, I think there are very few teams in a handful and you've played, you know, one of them, you could say Gonzaga or maybe Kansas that have two and, and Virginia to some extent, but have two experienced big time scores the way you have in Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield and, and, and Admiral, you know, it seems like he's just craving that big shot. We've obviously seen him take it and make it against Gonzaga in probably the, the biggest moment of the season so far for him. Uh, what is it about Admiral that you've seen evolve over the last year or two that really, you know, he's become the kind of player that we're seeing here for the first couple months of the season? Well, again, you've got to give him the credit for his work ethic. I mean, we, as you know, Andy, we've known each other for a long time, and you know we've had some outstanding players and uh He's right up there with the best of the best in terms of his commitment to the game, his love, his passion for it. And he really has – he's put his time in and almost to a fault sometimes. Like I told him the other day, I felt like that uh, he looked pretty – he looked lethargic to me, tired. And, and I told him, I said, we got to make sure because it's hard to keep him out of the gym. That's just – that's all he wants. That's all he knows. And I told him, I said, we've got to be smart about this. And – uh and so, again, you appreciate as a coach when you've got a guy that works that hard and when good things start to happen for him, you appreciate it. And the fact is, he's one of the key guys for where we are today. I mean, we go back four years ago. I mean, he was one of the, he was in that freshman class. And he's been through some, you know, tough times too. He has, and it hasn't always been perfect because we went through two years where we were up and down like a yo-yo. And, and but he's learned and he's grown from it. And, uh, and hopefully he'll continue to have a great senior year. How much, and you've done this so many times at so many different spots, but, you know, I just, I'm thinking about this season already, and you guys have been in some just great big-time environments, Kansas and New York, Gonzaga and Phoenix, at Memphis. What, what have those felt like for you with this group, experiencing those games with this particular group? Well, that's a great question because what what I feel now is that our guys have enjoyed those very much. And uh, I think that goes back to what we started talking about was the schedule that they've played over four years. Even back when we were growing with this group, when Admiral and Kyle and Lamonte were freshmen, then Grant and those guys coming in with that group, uh, you know, we've, we've been able to get in some great atmospheres where I wasn't sure how we would, would respond even a year ago once we got going. But there is no doubt that we these guys, I think, look forward to those venues and being in those type of situations. And we're going to have to deal with it, you know, obviously when you're a ranked team and that becomes a big red-letter game for all your opponents. And everywhere we go this year, we're going to 
see it. But we saw that too at the end of last year because, you know, we were ranked and when everyone's trying to build the resumes, you've got to be ready to play. And this team has proven that they can handle it. I mean, you've played of the top, you could argue top six or seven teams, including Tennessee. I mean, you've played two of them in Gonzaga and Kansas. You know, we could throw out Virginia, obviously Duke and Michigan, maybe Michigan state. We'll see, but in, in your assessment so far, um, you know, where is Tennessee among the teams that seriously can get to Minneapolis and compete for the national championship? Well, I think we've proven to this point that we, that w- at this point in time, that we're good enough to do it. But you know what? You don't win championships. You don't get to Final Fours in uh, December if you think that's all you got to do. You have got to get better. The best teams in the country will continue to get better as the year goes on here. They won't feel good about what they've done up to this point. Uh, they'll learn from each and every one of the experiences they've had. But if they really want to be a Final Four team, an NCAA elite team, it's about getting better every day. And that's what you worry about. You worry about today and see if we can get better. And then everybody goes out and fulfills their assignment. Do the, They do their job and they look out for their teammates. And that's, that's what we hope to do over these next couple months. Rick, one last thing. And you've always been one of those guys that I know has great balance, enjoys life, doesn't get too stressed. I mean, certainly you're intense and all that. But I'm thinking back to whether it's Providence, Clemson, Texas. Um, you've had great moments. You've been all in at those places. How would you compare at this point in your life, your kids are grown, what this Tennessee experience has been like so far? Well, you know, it's, it's been great. And, again, I, and, and you know, I, I do believe that uh, God brought us to Tennessee for a purpose. And I can tell you from a basketball experience, it's been unbelievable because, you know, yesterday we're playing Tennessee Tech – at one o'clock, and we have t- over twenty-one thousand fans in the stadium and uh, at Thompson Bowling Arena. And last week we played Wake Forest, and we had almost twenty thousand, nineteen eight eight hundred. And and you know what? I appreciate that because you know, I've, as you know, I've been at some places where maybe you don't draw like that, where people aren't as passionate about it. So being at my point in time, my, our career where we are right now, and having the kind of fan base that we have, being at a university that really wants to be successful and go at this with everything they have, it's, it's, it's really a blessing. And I, and I thank the good Lord for that. And I just know that my coaching staff, I believe, is the best in the country. And we wouldn't be doing what we're doing right now. We didn't have to support people and everything around us. But when I think about Rob Lanier and Mike Schwartz and Des Oliver and Garrett Maidenwall and, and everyone else that's with us, I just know that how hard those guys work. And, and it's not just for me, but for all of us, we appreciate what kind of support we've gotten here with the University of Tennessee. Appreciate it, Rick. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. And up next here on March Madness 365, NC State's Kevin Keats. And now joining me here on March Madness 365 on this New Year's Eve, Kevin Keats, head coach of NC State. Happy New Year. Uh, Kevin, um, when I saw you guys in October, you felt pretty good about your group, but I remember talking to you about how you need to be active, get in the passing lanes, and really be disruptive. Uh, to figure out, you know, how good this team could be. And here we are on New Year's Eve, and you guys are 12-1 and with the one loss being at Wisconsin. You knocked off Auburn. Uh, how do you assess where this group is as you get ready for the ACC? Well, Happy New Year, uh, Andy. And you're absolutely right. When, you know, you saw us in October, I think we were a work in progress. Um, when we when you have so many new guys, um, you know, your biggest issue is trying to figure out the chemistry and, 
Um, you know, fortunately for us, um, it's happened a little bit earlier than I thought. You know, we're excited about where we at going into ACC play. Uh, I think our guys are completely bought into our system, especially on the defensive end. Uh, we've had some guys step up, even though, you know, we don't have that pure leader that, you know, you would like on a basketball team. But I'm excited about uh, some of the older guys and some of the returning guys who are playing well and, and really leading by example. So, uh, you know, we're, we're fortunate to be 12-1 and one and excited about it and look forward to um, starting league play. When you peel back this non-conference, and you were right there in that Wisconsin game, it wasn't like you guys couldn't have won that game in Madison. What's the one game that maybe stands out and you, that told you, you know what, this group definitely has got it together, and I think you know we can be an NCAA tournament team, one that's going to certainly be a factor in the ACC? Well, we wanted to. When we put the schedule together, we wanted to play four Power 5 teams, and you know, obviously we wanted to have a good formula. You know, we wanted to play a game on the road, which was Wisconsin. We wanted to play a elite team at home, which is Auburn, a top 10 program coming into your place. And then two neutral court games. When you think about Penn State on a neutral court, who would, who would obviously, uh, you know, won the NIT. And then Vanderbilt, who had you know, one of the top five recruiting class. I was excited about the guys we, you know, the teams that we had to play power five wise. Uh, I'll go back to what you said. I, I would say, more so the Wisconsin game. Um, you know, you, you got a new bunch. It's your first true road game. Uh, and you go and you really lead the game for 36, 37 minutes and had the opportunity to win the game. Uh, and that, that showed me that um, obviously we could play with any team in the country. Um, that was a hostile environment. Um, they do a tremendous job up there. I, I can assure you probably they don't have many home losses and you know, the way our guys played, you know, the, get, the way we played on the defensive end, uh, it, it, it gave me some um, hope that our guys would be really, really good. It could be good as we continue to get better. Markel Johnson had a bust-out game against Auburn. But overall, you know, you've got great balance and you haven't relied on one player. How much was that um, what you were hoping for uh, as you put this group together? Well, I, you know, I wanted to put together, I kind of wanted to go back to my Hargrave days and, you know, try to find nine or 10 guys that I felt comfortable that on any given night, um, you know, they could, you know, one of those guys could lead us in scoring. And we got it. We have balance. Um, I've got five guys um, in really two different units that I kind of like who, who play well together and uh, they're starting to mesh. And, um, you know, if a guy's not playing well, then I certainly got another guy that I can throw in that position that, come in and give us great energy uh, you know on any given night just as Mark Hale did in the Auburn game I feel like one of those guys could step up and play uh, when you look at us Andy we only have really three guys who played in the NC State uniform last year that would be Mark Hale that would be Braxton Beverly and that would be Torin Doran and then C.J. Bryce played for me a couple years at Wilmington. Other than that, these are new guys. So I, I like it the, the word I keep saying uh, about this team is versatility uh, you know, we have a lot of guys who can play multiple positions uh, in the world, but we're very scrappy. As we look to the ACC this week, you're going to open at Miami on Thursday. Then the following week, you host Carolina, and, you know, you just go right into the gauntlet. Clearly, Duke and Virginia, they're going to get all the headlines as the, quote, favorites. But, you know, we've seen this season, nothing is a given. No one is unbeatable, even though some teams are still undefeated, but no one feels unbeatable. Um, what's your assessment about realistically, you know, the chances that your team 
can be in the top four in the ACC as you go through this gauntlet? Well, I, I think we have just uh, the same opportunities as everybody. You know, I, you know, going through the league last year as a head coach, you know, I, I would argue that this is the best conference in college basketball. But, you know, you can't look on your schedule and you can't count any wins. Uh, you know, every game, you know, can come down to the wire. Every game's tough. Uh, it's tremendous players in this league, tremendous coaches. Uh, but I do think that we have had opportunities. Um, when you look at our team last year, finishing third, uh, you know, with some of the guys that we had, uh, what, what makes us a little different um, that, you know, we play a unique, <laughs> different style than a lot of teams in the conference. And, you know, you got so many different styles. You go to Syracuse and had to play against his own and you got Virginia with the pack line and, you know, the other schools who are really, really good. But I, I like our guys. Um, I like our style. I like our system. Um, you know, it's, a, you know, we're unique in a different way, but it's tough, um, you know, because on any given night, you know, you can win or any given night you can get your butt beat. So, you know, I, I like where our guys are at. I like the fact that, um, you know, we'll compete. I like the fact that we can rely on our defense at this point. And we're really excited about ACC play. You know, I've always found it fascinating at NC State over the decades. I mean, since the late great Jim Valvano, every coach that's followed has tried to sort of see, okay, where do I fit in with Duke and Carolina on Tobacco Road? And, you know, you're not someone who is, you know, way out there. You're not a self-promoter, but you win. And you got high character and you got good guys in there. You know, as you looked at the landscape, how you were going to fit in at NC State, you got to win, which you're doing. Uh, were you looking at like, okay, that's the best way to make sure that NC State has its foothold in this region? You know, uh, Andy, when I, I took the job, you know, I never looked at, you know, the, the biggest question everybody would always ask me is how do you fit into the neighborhood? And, of course, you know what that means. Um, but I, I never looked at it like that. I always looked at it as if I'm going to be the coach at NC State, then I'm going to be the best version of myself at NC State. And, um, you know, we, we, we don't have to compare to anybody. I, I think every school in Division One is unique in their own rights. Um, you know, we just we have to focus on NC State. We've got a tremendous fan base. We got a lot of things to sell. It's a great academic school. Raleigh's a tremendous place to live. And I think when you lose focus about that and you start worrying about comparing yourself to other programs, uh, I think that's where you you, you fail as a, a program. So for us uh, and for me in general, I'm just uh, I'm focused on being NC State's basketball coach and being the best version that we can and. I don't think we should ever try to be someone else because uh, we're different. We're unique. Uh, you know, our guys punch the clock. Um, you know, we we believe in what we're doing here, and, and that's all we have to focus on. Well, Kevin, I appreciate it. You guys, once again, uh, you know, I guess we're going to stop saying you're one of the surprise teams because it's now going to become, you know, habit that NC State, as we enter the ACC, is going to be one of the teams to watch to finish somewhere in that top four or five. Andy, I, I appreciate you having me, and don't stop saying that we're one of the surprise teams. I, I kind of like that. I think, <laughs> I think, I think our guys really like it. And don't, don't you change up on me and start saying, "Hey, these guys are favorite." We believe we're uh, underdogs, and we're one of the surprise teams. So we like that. Well, appreciate it, Kevin. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Andy. Thank you. And that'll wrap up this edition of March Madness 365. I'm your host, Andy Katz. As always, you can find our podcast wherever you find. Your March Madness NCAA.com content. It's all over Twitter, Facebook, and of course, you can get our podcast on iTunes. 
I want to wish everyone a happy new year. We got a great 2019 to come in college basketball. Be safe out there. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again next week. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. You're getting the most out of being at a game with American Express. The card member entrance, the lounge, and out tip-off. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.